Fierce Fan Media. Let her know. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you? What would happen if you just called Taylor? Up? Listen, I read your book. Thank you. In preparation <gasps> for this. Oh, oh my God. God. That's what I've been doing this week. And when I was sitting up there waiting for my waiting for my uh, bonds, I read your book. It's it's really good. It's really really good. Who would have thought of all yeah. the people on this podcast, Julie would be the one that read it. I read the book. I am wow. My now I really bad. My assistant is reading it, and my friend's wife, who's like, I think he got an early version. There's some typos in it. We fixed them now, but yeah. People are reading it. It's a really good book. You, Julie? It's a really, you, really good. And for, for anybody out there listening, I don't read books. No, you don't. I, I told them tonight. Well, Julie didn't read it, so it's fine. I swore you didn't read Because we have the audio book coming out soon. And I was like, oh, Julie will hit it when it's on well, audio. I want to listen to the audio book, too, just because I think it would be cool with the different. I'm curious to know how, how they're going to do that. What was, uh, who was your favorite character? Issa. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Aaron wrote her. Yeah. Her. Issa for sure. You didn't like Amara? I liked Amara. She's just kind of like, I like Amara. I mean, she's smart and she knows a lot of shit, but I mean, how do you pronounce it? I, I, I kept calling her Issa. 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 Um. I just like her. She's protective. She has less emotion. She Julie identified with. Her. I should have told you when we were trying to hone in eyes at right, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> so like, much easier. When I was talking about like her woman her woman capacities, how many girls she could sleep with, I was thinking Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I yeah, she was she was my favorite. I liked Amara. Um, I don't think you could not like Amara. But Isa was like, yeah, I, I guess I like I'd be best friends with her, you know. Oh, you two hoes <laughs> going around mm-hmm. the town. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Have you not read it, Stace? No. Oh, have you not read it, Stacy? I don't want to say too much, but I like the. I like I I like the whole thing. I wasn't expecting it. Even after talking to you guys, I wasn't expecting it to go the route that it went, especially in the beginning. Because in the beginning, I'm kind of like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, oh, they're going back. I I got it. I was all, I was all <laughs> what part up. confused you? The very beginning. Like, oh, uh, oh that's I just time... didn't catch I just didn't catch on right away that. The prologue where they were like yes. 15, 11 years before. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it took, and that's why I was like, once I got into it, I was like, oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. But then I liked that it was like that. You know, I liked the way that it was written like that, but it wasn't until I realized that that I was like, oh, I, I see what you did there. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. The prologue, they would have been about 15. And maybe I don't read enough to like realize that that's what was going on. But, um, no, it's a great book. It really is good book. I can't believe you read the whole thing. I'm I'm beside myself right now. Yeah. I'm very happy. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a good. It was a really good book. <laughs> and we're gonna have to put off talking about it till next week because neither of the other have read it. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. Look at I Julie. Mean, she's like, what? 
I did all that. I tried. I took it everywhere with me, and I just didn't oh have, God. like, no, the time to there's no To be problem. fair, one we of her daughters didn't... had surgery this week. Like, it was yeah. a whole thing. So... Life yeah. gets in the way, people. It's fine. There's many times Jackie gives uh, gives us homework, and I'm like, 15 minutes before the podcast, going, "Oh my god, I didn't read these articles." <laughs> like, like, no, it's it, you. Everybody has a life. Like, I wouldn't have I gotten never... as far as I got if if Kennedy would have been here. Mm. You know, but it's like being by yourself. I was like, yeah, I'll read. I'll read a few chapters. It was good. Well, the audiobook's coming out in probably a month and a half. So I'm probably going to listen to that too. You know, what's interesting about reading is I was like, <laughs> kind of like it's different than it's, it's different than a show. You find yourself thinking about it more throughout the day. And I don't know yeah. if it's because like you're reading the words, but you think a lot more about the characters. So I'd be sitting there thinking about it and I'm like playing my video game and I'm like, well, I just read the fucking book. Like I'm sitting there thinking about reading the book. Like I'm waiting for another episode to come out or something. And I'm like, <laughs> I should just be reading the book. Like, I feel like it's kind of like how they say like books are better than the movies. I feel like your brain is more interactive with a book because you have to picture the scenes, the people right. like your brain has to work a lot harder than just kind of watching it play out on a show. Your imagination has to kind of run with it a little bit. So yeah, you right. think, like I just, I found myself thinking about it a lot more and I'm like, why don't I just read the damn thing? Yeah. I get obsessed with books and then I'm like sad when it's over because it's not like a movie that you can watch again. Like you have to actually like read it again to get back into the mode. I'm totally going to quote Julie in the review <laughs> why don't i just read the damn thing <laughs> well i'm i'm flabbergasted that julie read the book i was so excited to tell you guys i didn't even say it on the pod squad i was like i was racing home <laughs> I, was like, I gotta go tell him i read the book <laughs> how long did how long did it take you to read it a week that's not bad though well i mean it's 30 chapters it's 300 pages well so sunday to today so six days i i was like finishing it and going back and reading some other stuff that i wanted to remember because fuck we can't even do it now i know do you read the I'm first sorry. chapter of the next book <laughs> no oh it's in oh, there i hadn't got yeah i know it's the next book, but no i hadn't gotten that far i was literally it took me everything in me to get it finished and go back and read some stuff that i wanted to remember to talk about well, well, well. What a day. What a what surprising a day. day. <laughs> What's today's date? <laughs> June, June 2nd, 2nd, 2023. Yep. Well, it makes me want to go back and read all your other ones. Well, <laughs> I mean, I would love Do that. it. <laughs> I'm like, these are pretty good. <laughs> My sister knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Wind Down. I am Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I'm Stacy, the new age old school mom. I'm Erin, the geeky girl. Wow. Uh, that was, was good, Erin. Yeah. I am <gasps> Julie, the not so lipstick lesbian. I was expecting her to be like, I'm Julie, the scholar, the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the academic, if you will. Yes. The other literary <laughs> lesbian. The, uh, the wire. <laughs> the academicia of the group today. Mm. Oh, that's not a word. That's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll gloss over that. 
Um, since we've been talking for like an hour already, uh, I have been drinking my black box um, Pinot Noir wine and I'm already two glasses in. So it's good. It's fine. Put it in a carafe, lie to your friends, drink it. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm drinking the Earl Stevens Mango Scotto, which I think I drank before, but I think I drank the Tropical Scotto, Tropic Scotto. Um, so this is the mango one um, that I totally love, but it's out of my price range. So I only get it every once in a while. It's like a treat when I go to BevMo because I think with the BevMo card, it's like $22. So do, do they ever have that on the buy one, get one for five cent? I haven't seen it on there. Oh, I like I buying it then because I feel like I'm only paying like $11 for each or whatever. Exactly. And it feels better. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm actually not drinking tonight. Wow. Um, the only reason is because I had a really bad day and I've been trying to not self-medicate with alcohol. Mm. When oh, I that's what it's days. for. It's so cute I, when they grow up, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> My dogs are going crazy. I don't know if you guys can hear them. Julie, what are you drinking? I'm just drinking a black cherry propel because I'm working all weekend. And I hate working hungover oh yeah like it like oh, is the worst right, yeah. and having to talk to people especially depending on how hungover you are I feel all awkward and like shaky yeah. and I'm mm -hmm. just like oh no like I I even get but if I'm like depending on again how hungover I even get sometimes weird about like looking people in the eye and stuff I'm like don't don't look at me like I'm not in a good space right now <laughs> yeah I've just I work all weekend so I'm just drinking propel so let me ask you this, Jewel, before we talk about other events this week. Um, huh. If you were to identify one section of Glitch that you would use to tell people to read it, which would it be? Listen, you're all we got right now. So. Oh, my God, she's closing her eyes and everything. <laughs> I thought maybe she passed out. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Like the like what was what? your favorite part? Like what part is like this was so good, like everybody needs to read it. I just I mean, I really enjoyed the whole story with the little robots coming in and like I just I, I like the whole thing. But hold on, let me think if they're they're androids, they're not robots. I mean it's fine. <laughs> they're little robots. Tomato tomato. <laughs> um It's not really a piece of it, but the love story behind it and what they're fighting for was epic. I just wasn't, like, I'd heard you guys talk about it, but I wasn't expecting it to kind of hit so deep and have so much, like, emotion behind the characters. Like, they're just their love story and that they had to be to together to do it because one's a good fighter. The other one, you know, is um, a historian and says like, no, we have to wear this and we have to do it. Like just that, just that their whole relationship I was in love with and how they were and how they balanced each other out. Well, you got the main point, didn't you? Well, that was my favorite. Like there wasn't really a section where I was like, Ooh, that was fucking badass. I felt like that multiple times throughout the book. Because there was different, there was different things that I thought were, were cool. 
but I was not expect like just the whole story. I wasn't expecting it to be the kind of story that. Let it me ask was. you this: Did the end okay. surprise you? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I love surprise high ending. Five, high five! High five! High five! <laughs> I think that I think the end was like a a shock, a, a more of like a shock value to it, but. Well, did you guys not think that that was going to surprise people? I, no, I, we how, did. How much, but how much no. can we talk about it? No, we did, but the the intent was to surprise people, right? Like it wasn't not surprise people to the point where they're angry about it because sometimes surprise endings piss people off because there isn't enough like information to lead up to it, yeah. which is why we included the first chapter of the next book. So it wasn't like a cliffhanger, <laughs> cliffhanger, like. <laughs> there's no one killed off at the end that you're hoping doesn't get killed. That off. That would like, have pissed, that would have right. pissed me off. Which is yeah. why we added the first chapter, but right. we wanted the surprise ending to be like a more of like a, Oh shit. Kind of like, Oh, okay. Okay. That was how we wanted it. Not in, cause you never know. Cliffhangers sometimes make people angry. You know, I really want to talk about it more. Like I even have notes, but I'm, I'm being kind of hesitant cause I don't know. I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to save it. I'm really excited to see how you guys think the future is gonna be. Like, I'm excited to see like what you guys imagine. I the feel like is it's pretty fucking like. accurate. To be honest with you, like I, I really think it, it's it's gonna. Well, you just got you got to read the book. I will. I'll read it this week, actually. It's Kira's last week at school, so I have a long time. I think it's pretty accurate. Well, and I mean, so the plan is... Hopefully not too accurate. So the plan but... is the final book... So there's going to be three in the series, and the final book will delve much more into what 2287 looks like. Like... They spend some time there in the first book, but it's much more like time hopping and building the relationship between Isa and Amara. And so they're back in 1963 and they're back in 1983. And like, there's, there's way more time spent on like time jumping than there is in like the current future or 2287. I mean, there is some of it, but it's not, it's not heavily, it was really hard to classify this book. So we had to put it in categories and it's kind of like a sci-fi. It's kind of a mystery. It's kind of a thriller. It's kind of a romance which made it difficult to put it in actual tags because you have to pick tags yeah. when you're publishing it, right? Like you have to put it in a category, but there isn't any, there isn't enough of any one section to make it one thing. So this one has, the first one, Glitch, spends a lot of time time hopping where the second one is going to be a kind of a combination of future and past. And then the last one is going to be much more like what all of that time hopping has done to their future. Like how, how has changing the past and interfered and doing all these things, what has that actually done to their world that they now know? So it's, listen, writing a series, Aaron will tell you, she's never written a series before. It's hard. You have to have everything kind of planned out way in advance. And you have to kind of know where you're heading with all of it to make sure that you're hitting all the points so it's difficult yeah, yeah it's been a, makes sense it's been a wild ride <laughs> it really has like it's so crazy i you know i i when 
our editor sent back, she's like, you know, need to explain more. You need to explain more. You need to go slower. You know, I was like, Jackie, it's, you don't do that in a romance. You don't have to explain anything in a romance. Like, unless you're talking about the sex scene and then you need to be explicit, but like, it's just, it's not my norm. I like the sex scenes. Oh, well, yeah. But I'm just saying like, yeah, like you don't have to explain like, how do I hold her hand? Like, you know, it's, that's the romance part. You don't have to explain, mm-hmm. but like this, when you're in the future and you're trying to like build a world, you have to explain, you have to say why things are the way they are, but you can't do it in such a way that it's annoying. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to weird? straddle the line of yeah. not over explaining and boring the shit out of people and giving them enough information to know what's going on. Right. right. Like yeah. weaving it into a conversation. Like, well, you know, you remember when in, you know, at the, 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 it, like you're explaining, but you're not doing it in such a way that you're making the the reader feel like they're an idiot. Like you think they're an idiot. Like, oh, you need to, you need to know, you know, how this door opens. No, not necessarily, but in the future, you're going to want to explain how a door opens because it's different. It's a, it's a whoosh and you know, it's a futuristic whatever so yeah i don't know i'm kind of all over the place right it now. definitely pulled aaron out of her comfort zone yes it did julie was it weird to read a sex scene written by your sister no because i don't think about that i try not to think about that i try not to think about that because like i you're, you're you're picturing the characters you know and like they're hot. Like they've made, you guys made them very, very hot. Both of them for completely different reasons. So no, like sometimes it's kind of weird because sometimes I can tell like certain things that I know Jack's, I'm like, oh, Jack's totally wrote that. Not in the sex scenes, just in the book in general. Like you're like- well, I wrote all of Amara and she wrote all of Isa. Your sarcasm with Amara and like her, like the shit that irritates her. I'm like, oh my God, that's so my sister. Like. <laughs> The words and stuff that you use, and then I could tell other things with Isa, like I, I like I can picture Aaron saying that, like your vocabulary matches sometimes. I'm like, oh god, I could totally see my sister being like, um, yeah, no, thanks. Like you're just so, <laughs> like you're so like cynical sometimes, and that came out to me with Amara with you. I'm like, oh, that's you thought so Amara good. was cynical at times with certain things, yeah. Hmm. I thought she I was remember reading the first. Do I remember reading the first like sex scene of Jax's in her first book and being like, "Yeah, it was." I mean, I know Aaron and I are both really, really proud of this book. It's Amara's the best character I've ever written, hands down. Like she's amazing, hands down, the best thing I've ever written. So I wanted I want to tell you my favorite part but I don't I don't know if it'll ruin it for anybody like my favorite part of the book but I don't as know as long if it'll as it's ruin- not the surprise ending you won't ruin it. Yeah. Well not everyone knows it's a surprise ending anyway so well so in my notes one of the scenes that I wanted to talk about and I would think that this is my favorite part when um Malia forces herself on the time machine when Tess does? Isn't it Malia? Mm-mm. No, it's Tess. Tess. And then well, they I get back put, and she's sick. I put down Malia. 
No, it's one of my favorite parts too. When Aaron goes, Tess is a fucking idiot. That's that's okay, one of my favorite it, lines. That in the it's whole Tess. Book. Yeah, when yeah. she when she puts herself in the time machine with him. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts too. Yeah. <laughs> when Aaron sent that back to me, I like I audibly laughed out loud at it. And like <sighs> I, when we sent it off to Vic, I was like, thank God nothing got changed because we wouldn't have accepted it. Like that's one of my yeah, favorite. No. That's one of my favorite parts. It was so it, perfectly it. timed. Like I don't often perfectly time things, but it was like your perfect chapter ended. And then I started with Tess is a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was very it. Isa. It was, that was, that was well played, my friend. That, you know, I tried. I was going to say something. I can't fucking remember what I was going to say now, but I was just wanted to talk a little bit about writing with Jackie to be completely honest oh I guess we're doing it now no we no we're gonna talk talk about the story right okay is that okay no go ahead yeah it's our podcast we do do whatever the fuck we want I'm gonna do it both times okay I'm gonna do it both times (laughs) scream it from the mountaintop I've never written I'm I'm not like a, a huge person that writes with people like I just don't that's not what I do the only people I've ever written with are Jackie and Jean and I have enjoyed both experiences tremendously. Um, this one in particular was really, really like such a great learning experience for me because there were a couple times when I took what Jackie was telling me and I really just made myself feel like a piece of shit about it. And I, that's because I don't take criticism well ever, but Jackie was so constructive and so like, patient with me one time she was talking to me and I'm pretty sure I was hungover and I was just like Jackie I don't I whatever you why don't you just fucking write it and she was like whoa 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 back it up like that's not what I meant like I want you to write it and I was just like look at you sticking up for yourself though Aaron (laughs) only to another Pisces who's like I don't mean to hurt your feelings yeah snap back why don't you write it bitch and then as soon as I said that, I felt bad. So I was like, I don't mean it like that. Like, I don't mean like that, you know. Well, then you was, ruin it. I know. It's because I'm just a, I'm a baby. But Jackie was so kind and patient with me that it made me realize that anything that's said to me by her is only done to make the story better, make everything better, make myself better, my writing. And the different, like, back and forths that we had about Isa, because I just could not get her right. Like I, it took me a minute to realize that you can have emotions without being emotional because of that at all. And none of my characters ever have. They've always had these like this, these emotions that immediately come out onto the page. And, and Isa, I had to, I had to remember that like she can act without this emotion be emotional later in the comfort of her own head and never actually show it and it was just a lot it was a lot but once she would send me her, her draft and I'd be like stop feeling everything yeah literally stop. everything <laughs> you know she's like she's not gonna admit any of this she's a soldier she's a soldier Aaron <laughs> I was like all right all right I got it I got it so it's dial just, it back yeah it was a lot of fun 
once I finally figured it out, I was like, okay, this is really helping me. This is, I'm writing better. I feel better. This is great. Like I sent a scene to Jackie and she was like, yes, yes. And Oh, and then I was going to say, Tess, I really brought her in like, just like right out of left field. And Jackie (laughs) messages me back after she reached it. She's like, what the fuck, Aaron? (laughs) She just introduces a whole new character into the story that we had talked about. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? She's like, I don't know, but I love her. So we had to oh, keep her in. <laughs> I wanted to say, I love her too. Yeah. <laughs> She's not going anywhere. I love her. I'm like, so I really like her. So bye. <laughs> well, she's a main character in the second book. But yeah, I read it and I was like, fucking Aaron, man. Like, what are you doing? I had to give someone emotions in the scene. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to create a new person. Hey. <laughs> uh, it was, it was just. It was so fun. I'm really enjoying what we're doing with the next book too. So I'm excited to talk more in depth about how we came up with the idea and everything next time. And do you guys have a cliffhanger for the next book so that you keep it? I mean, like a surprise ending. Yes. Nice. Uh, But after, I don't know that it will be as surprising as surprising. Right. Cause it's, it's definitely a theme but it's going to be the same yes it's a surprise in the second one um and the the second book interference were the plan is to have it out by christmas so cool and um the two women that are going to be reading isa and amara have already agreed to do all three books for us so the character voices won't change on the audiobooks which will be that's cool that's yeah. why I'm excited. That's why I'm excited to read the audiobooks. I like, would be yeah. more excited to listen to them if it was you guys. If it was you guys reading them, I think I would be like so like it. down. What kind of voices know. are you gonna use? Like Can for... you imagine listening to this smoker's voice? For... Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I sound like I smoked a pack of cigs <laughs> every day of my life. Can you even imagine? Hey, like what kind of Amara. voice do you have for, for Isa? I actually she's going to do kind of like a I don't want to say sensual husky, but like deeper. That's what I was hoping. That's that's what it should be, though. Almost kind of a little raspy. Yeah, a little mellow, like like, just like lower octave. Whenever I think of Isa, I think of Sophia Bush, especially with her like raspier voice. That's what I picture. Yeah, and remember when you first sent me, um, what's her name? The girl from the 100. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clark like like imagine no not Clark the other one Lex oh yeah Lexi yeah yeah Yeah. like imagine her and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah Lexi's hot yeah Yeah. so that's not who I pictured who'd you picture I don't know like but not I could probably find somebody on Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. So I'm going to read it next week and next podcast. We should dream team the actors for the movie. Yes, Yes. I love that. We'll see how they compare to ours. You guys know that lesbian Hispanic couple on TikTok? You'd have to be more specific. Oh, it's not a famous person. <laughs> She's cut. I mean, they're they're TikTok TikTok's pretty famous. famous. Yeah, but that's who I was picturing the whole time. Uh, Yeah, we should dream team it like dreamcast it yeah 
I'd be very interested to see what you guys picture yeah. after reading reading it. Well, plus you have to remember too, and we we touch on it in this one, but it won't really come into more focus until the last one. Um, but human evolution has taken place now from our period of time, 300 years. So people have evolved, you know, they're, they live longer. They live to like 150. They, their skin is darker because of climate change. Like everyone has darker skin. Everyone has, um, everyone's a little bit more adaptable to, to the things that we're, we're kind of doing self-inflicting to us now. Like they've taken out processed sugar. There's no meat. Everything is lab created. Like there's all these things that come into play when you're thinking about building these futuristic worlds that don't, that we don't necessarily consider right now. Like it, it comes down to the details of even when Aaron and I were discussing what they were going to eat in the future, like at mm -hmm. their mother's tables, what that would look like for them versus like when they go back to 1983 or 1983 um, or 82, like what, what the difference is. Like there's a scene where Tess is eating a, a hostess pudding pie. Those don't exist in 2287. Like I'm sure they would last that long, but they don't have <laughs> high fructose corn syrup. They don't have this processed sugar that we have now. And it's funny because one of the main differences that we we really tried to keep true was Isa is all about eating all that shit she doesn't care like she's gonna eat all of the hamburgers and all of the french fries and all of the soda where Amara who's more of the academic and scientist is like don't put that shit in your body like what is what is wrong with you kind of thing <laughs> and so those are some of the subtle differences that we really tried to focus on to keep it relative that you realize they're still from the future while while blending right. into you know the past I like that yeah. You should have them find a box of Twinkies that survived because you know they would. Oh <laughs> maybe, maybe Tess will. Tess will be like, what? I thought you were I love a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking donut holes, hostess yeah. donut holes that still have the like chocolate coating on them that tastes like yep. wax. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to see who you guys think Tess is. Like who would play Tess in the cast? Like You I'm... guys know, know this couple, that one right there, the more butch looking one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Read yeah. their names so our listeners know who you're talking about. They didn't they didn't I had to look at this podcast that uh Jelly Roll's wife did. So I can't find them on there and she didn't tag them in it, which is weird. Let me see. Well, we're going to talk more in depth about Glitch next week. Um so Julia, I'm proud of you. I did not think you would be the one on here that would have read it, but we're going to talk more about it next week when we have the other Stacy back also with spoiler, alert. with spoiler alerts. Yeah. Um, what I did want to talk about, what do you guys think about uh, Trump possibly being prosecuted for fucking real treason? Right? Like legitimate, like, like, espionage espionage yeah. what so for our fuck? listeners that don't know there is now evidence that he was telling iran wanting to sell them the u.s secrets about the plan to actually bomb them and that he w was willing to give them the government the u.s government plans to attack them and I said it on tape I'm sure he's going to have an excuse to cover it up and nothing is going to fucking happen to him because that seems like what keeps happening. Like they That's find awesome. these like legit things and he has excuses and nothing. He has no like consequences for his actions. 
God, I hope this is the one time it's not like that. Like, I agree with Stacy. I think it's going to be. You think uh, he's going to get out of it? 100%. Fucking yep. What he does. I think even no matter how much proof we're able to gather against him, he nothing sticks to this. You know why nothing sticks to him? Because his supporters don't care. They say it's they a, it's a, a distraction really from something that Biden is doing. So everything that, it, that comes up that is like, oh, my God, have you heard like what Trump did? It's, oh, no, that's just a distraction. What's Biden doing? Yeah. Every time something happens that's huge with Trump, it's, oh, my God, let's go see what Biden's doing because this must be a distraction. 100%. I think he's absolute. even if he's sitting in jail, he's going to get away with it. They're not going to turn on him. Nope. They're well, just not. I think I think he could still be all the things happen to him. And I see what you're saying. It, even if he's in jail, even if he's in prison, he's still going to be so fucking popular. Yeah. They don't care. They really don't. I remember watching that Jordan Jordan Klep, Klepper. Yeah. Right. Klepper, like yeah. he literally asked, like said to the lady, like, so what if, you know, like someone did X, Y, Z? And she was like, well, yeah, they, they should go to jail. And he's like, so, well, Trump did that. And she was like, I don't care. Like, yeah, literally said, do. I don't care. She literally I said, love those guys that go around and do that. Oh, my, oh God. my yeah. God. Me God. too. My favorite. He represents something to, the, to them that goes beyond who he actually is as a person. Right? Yeah, like that's he's, a, that's a he's whole a, cult mentality. Well, yeah, but he represents that. something to them. You, you see it now. I mean, they've become so transparent with their nonsense even like boycotting target over pride which target has been doing this for decades this is yeah i bought the same new. sports bra like yeah. top oh, last don't summer. get me started on the <laughs> yeah, target well, summer, i, I have fought this fight with so many people about the target yeah. shit well did you guys even chick-fil-a now yeah Chick-fil-A hired a diversity or a, a vp of diversity yeah. equality and inclusion yeah, and, and they said they now they're woke. trying to turn their image around woke. because of hate chicken. Yeah, so, it's just I mean it, I haven't been to a Chick Fil A and I never will until I know nope. for sure. He represents something to them that's not tangible, so they don't care what he does because they don't actually care about him. They care about what he represents. Yeah, so white supremacy. He could literally when he said I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and I would still get yeah. votes. He, yeah. he was wrong, right. Wrong. Like, yeah. and I've gotten to the point where. Like that subsect of people, they're just not reachable. Like there's nothing you're going to show them that they're going to be like, oh, I didn't realize that he felt they don't care because he represents the very worst angels in them, the very worst demons in them. And they're happy that someone's saying it on such a a grand stage because it it normalizes them. Yeah. So it won't so matter. True. He he could literally be sentenced. I'm not saying he won't be sentenced and found guilty. I think he he very well could be. It won't matter. So here's a question though. Like if you're tried for espionage and no, we don't have don't, anything in the constitution. Okay. So like he's still even though espionage. There's nothing he could still in the run consti- for president. There's nothing in the constitution that says you can't because I don't think the founding fathers ever envisioned that. Which makes no sense why wouldn't they have thought why would they have envisioned through? a person who's a viable candidate for president being guilty of espionage because it's 
I don't know. Are you Jackie? talking about dudes from 250 years ago? There was a lot of shit going on. Like, I know, but that's there what... was a lot of times when they did find traitors and things like that. So I could imagine that they would have thought, what if the guy's a traitor? Well, they would think no one would vote for him then, and it would be a moot point. They didn't think they had to write it down. They didn't know about cult mentality, a bunch of And they didn't know that, like, a a movie personality was going to fucking end up president somehow. Here's the thing. Too many people treat the Founding Fathers and, like, their foresight as, like, clairvoyant or demigods, if you will, when... I'm not saying they weren't intelligent people because obviously they were. They put a lot of thought and consideration and and effort into those, but they were still just 22 year old men. Yeah, and they couldn't see the future. Like, look how much shit has changed. They didn't know the internet, Twitter, Twitter was going to be a thing. Like, as far as like, they couldn't picture an AK-47. Like there was an AR-15. Like there was none of that was at their disposal. So as much as they want to treat them like gods, they're still. And remember, they were 22 years old. That was the average age of the founding father. Right. 22. That's very young. What 22 year old man would you trust to walk your dog? They got nothing. Yeah. They're responsible for all of America. <laughs> like, right? That's... Thank God they didn't have dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had slaves, though. Yeah, well. Uh... I'm just saying, um, like, we they put so much reverence in it because to us, that was 250 years ago. They were still 22-year-old men. And I'm not discounting what they did or what they thought of. They had a lot of knowledge and, and foresight. And they tried to anticipate everything. But there are cert- we can't picture... What the world's going to be like 20 250 years from now you want us to make rules for what the world will be in 250 years from today we have no concept of it none no ai presidents but they did write in there that we were supposed to change it right every 20 years you're supposed to rewrite okay. the constitution so why because jefferson thought every generation should have the opportunity to dictate the constitution he was a much younger 22 year old than most that I know. How old was he? How old was Jefferson? 22. He also he was raped 22 for sure. His slave. And there's a whole He's slew awful. of people that are alive now that trace back to Sally Hemings, like that yeah. was a slave that he kept captive when she was 13. Like none of these men have clean hands. Right. Like take even, even if you want to take the Oh, they're a product of their time. They had slaves. Like everyone had slaves back then. Okay. I'm not saying that's right, but whatever. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. He was having an extramarital affair with a 13-year-old. And he had six children from her. You know, a good point, though, that I heard some guy talking about on his day. Not that that's okay. I mm-hmm. don't Don't get me wrong. But back then, you know, people got married and had kids so much younger because people only lived to be like 30. I don't, I'm not hating on that. I'm saying he kept Sally prisoner in his basement as a sex slave and raped her consistently. Thomas Jefferson. And she bore him six children. I'm not hating on the people getting married at like 14, 15 back then because they were young and they died early. Like whatever. I'm saying. He he had a sex slave that was also an actual slave, and now there's descendants from him. I'm just saying we put all our faith in these people, and people are complicated, right? There's a lot of areas of gray. There's some good things that they did, and there's some bad things that they did. So to treat him like his everything is 
word of God, for lack of a better term, is just, it's such a human interpretation of things that we want to cling on to. Like we should so, be re-examining the constitution every 20 right. years. So why, why, yeah. why hasn't it been? Well, because people won't, because if you open up the, so here's what has to happen to, to take another look at the constitution. There has to be two thirds of the states that agree that they're going to reopen the constitution to right. amendments and interpretation. If you open it up, that opens up the first amendment, the second amendment, the ones that everyone holds dear. No one can name the right. fucking 12th amendment. Can you name the 12th amendment? No. Right. Neither can I. I'm I'm not hating on anyone. Like there's certain I things that people like, well, won't, <laughs> won't open to interpretation. Like the 14th Amendment, okay, what Trump's fighting about now is saying he'll abolish the 14th Amendment, which liberals, the ones of you that are up in arms, you can't do that by executive order. So stop freaking out about it. But the 14th Amendment assures that every person born within the United States, within the borders, is guaranteed citizenship of this country. He's trying to abolish it. Why is he trying to do that? Because the immigrants coming over having children and now they have a U.S. citizen as a child. Like there's when you start opening it up, people freak out because they don't want to lose certain rights that they already have that are guaranteed by the Constitution. Women's right to vote. Let's let's not forget was one in 1922. We were not allowed to vote until 1922. Some of our grandparents were born within 10 years of that. Yeah. My grandma was born in 1922. My grandma was born in 1927. So within when she was she was only five years old, or she was born five years after that was ratified. So that's why people are hesitant on both sides. Because that's how they've been forever. They could expand the Second Amendment, right? Like you could make it that you don't have to have a speech. Well, they could make it that they wouldn't even have to have, you could conceal carry in any state that you want under any circumstances. You don't have to license your guns. Like they're worried, Democrats are worried about of expansion on certain amendments and Republicans are worried about constriction on certain amendments. So all of these things can be true at the same time. But it was the intent, even though it's not in the constitution, for the constitution to be ratified and revisited every generation, every 20 years. I don't think Jefferson was anticipating, anticipating having a bunch of fucking polarized crybabies all over the place. I think he thought the will to fight and be free quote unquote would still exist 250 years later when it just doesn't because power and control runs everything. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are. Let's just hope that Biden wins again. We because Biden shouldn't have run a second time. No, I mean he said he wasn't going to, so it upsets me that he is, but it's like what are you gonna well, do? Well, that's our two evils. For sure. Biden has been I a mean, good president. Under right, any under circumstances, right. he's done a lot of good. He's still not my first choice, but will I go vote for him? Yes, I will go vote for him. Right. And like, it's so funny. Well, like, um, what was I going to say? Shit, shit, shit. I don't remember. God damn it. Biden. I don't remember. God damn it. It Well, let's talk about uh, DeSantis actually signing into law that kids can be taken away from their parents for gender affirming surgery or gender affirming care not even surgery 
Yeah. The, um, yeah. And we also, I think it is now adults can't get any sort of gender care, like trans care, essentially. Uh, Explain what that means. The, well, if adult wants to seek any sort of gender affirming care, they have to have basically written authorization from a certain board that has members all appointed by DeSantis. Freedom though, right? Yeah. What about freedom. the kid one? The kid so, is if you get what's the kid one? If someone has puberty uh, blockers. Yeah, like your kid is on puberty blockers and if you let your kid out about dress it, in the gender they feel they're yeah. And your address, a name, mm-hmm. even fingernail polish. Can your kids can be taken can from be, you. Yeah, a concerned parent can go to DCFS and and a concerned parent go to DCFS, turn you in, and you could get your kid taken away from you for letting your kid want to be who they want to be. It's not just um, hormones or surgery. It's not like just the extremes. It's actually like that. It's all of it. So I mean, surgery doesn't exist until they're 18. That's a, a right. fallacy that the right wing has pushed for a long time. You cannot get gender reassignment surgery before the age of 18 anywhere. That's not a thing doctors do. They will put you on puberty blockers so that you don't form breasts or, you know, I mean, I guess that's really it. Form breasts would be maybe not or grow a ton of facial hair, hair or yeah. yeah. So probably certain the, muscle groups if you're a, a boy. Right. Right. So Adam's doctors development. will yeah. not perform surgery until you're 18 years of age. So when they keep saying like, oh, we're not gonna let them mutilate our children anymore, that's all propaganda. It doesn't happen. Now, if you're a 15-year-old girl that wants to get a nose job or a boob job, you can get that. As long as your gender is female assigned at birth, which is gender affirming care, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what's the difference? It's- so in Florida now, you can go to jail if, and doctors can go to jail also. So your kids can be taken from you. Doctors can go to jail. And they just passed a law in Florida that allows medical professionals. If you're an EMT that reports to the scene of a car crash and that person is trans, you can decide not to give them care. Wow. Based on on their, your religion. If you claim religious exemption, you don't have to treat them at all. Oh yeah. That's any, any, like any LGBTQ, anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any medical professional, but I'm saying even it drops all the way down. Yeah. Like if I go into my gyno and Mm -hmm. she's all of a sudden like, "Mm, I don't believe in lesbians. You're going to hell. I don't want to treat you anymore. She doesn't have to treat me. I feel like that's part of the oath they take to treat everybody. And I'm not saying that there's a ton of medical professionals that are jumping on board with this at all. Because I agree with you. I think some of them, to me, medical professionals, 95% of them don't give a shit what gender you are. They're there to help you. They're there to save you. Like, whatever. But that 5% can refuse you care. Gross. And it's it's very, it's scary. It's a scary time in Florida. And in Texas, they're trying to pass... So in order, so what they're trying to get past right now is that you can no longer have no fault divorce and the rest of the, some of the other red states are, are looking at it now. So in Texas, you can only 
get a divorce now if you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that your spouse is physically abusing you or that they've cheated on you or you can't get that's how it used to be right no it was never legal i thought you used to like back in the day you used to have have to have a not in all states divorceable offense yeah there it's called no fault divorce they're trying to get rid of no fault divorce so if you say like i just don't want to be with this person anymore you you can't get divorced that hasn't passed yet but that's the new yeah they're gonna force you into staying with somebody you don't want to be with yes so just commit adultery there's there's probably a list of things that like you know um it's like like annulment you know to get an annulment you have to find out that you were related you have to prove that you were drunk at the time that you said i do you have to like prove all these things so there's probably a list of things that you have to prove to be able to get divorced Mm -hmm. yeah that's fucked up and right now what the law texas is trying to pass is the only two things on that list that you can get divorced for are adultery or physical abuse and you right. have to have a report, like a police report, to prove it for physical abuse. And you what have if you to both have... agree? Doesn't matter. So get somebody has to go out and, and commit adultery to be able to be like, okay, now can we get divorced? Just have proof. And it's know, because eighty like, percent <laughs> of divorces are initiated by women. <laughs> because we are getting to the point in our lives where we fucking realize we don't need no man unless he's Kai. there's a lot of shady shit going on right now in florida and texas and in texas in the deep south and i just like to say being from california happy pride month it's june 2nd yeah Mm -hmm. happy pride i'm gonna piggyback off that our space corner nasa posted took pictures of i don't know if it's every single one but a ton of their um lgbtqia plus community and post them on their actual like nasa.com website i have to take this work off if there was a wholesome government entity it would be nasa right like they're just good people who hates nasa you know what i mean yeah nobody love nasa are you guys obsessed with anything this week yes I mean, like, how much time do I have? I could talk about Kara's surgery. Just go ahead. Okay. So um, my youngest has something called supraventricular tachycardia, which now she doesn't anymore. Um, So really, it's kind of a PSA that I wanted to talk about it because I was shocked at how many people reached out to me and said that they think they have it after I talked about it online because... It's often diagnosed, misdiagnosed as anxiety or panic attacks. So what it is, is since she was 10 years old, um, she's had heart flutters. It didn't get bad until like four months ago to where she could actually say like, I'm scared. Uh, My heart rate is is out of control. So we had her um, see a cardiologist and he did an echocardiogram, an EKG, and a halter monitor and they didn't catch it on the EKG they didn't catch it on the echocardiogram because it doesn't show up on there they cannot catch it unless you do at least a two-week halter monitor which regulate it shows 
exactly what happens with your heartbeat for two weeks straight. And they have, they can go along and watch it happen. And her heart rate went from 50. Your normal heart rate is like 80, 90, you know, like that's, that's pretty basic. Her heart rate went from normal, like 88 to 50 to 275 back down to 50 in less than 60 seconds. So they were able to see that. Yeah, that's huge, huge. Yeah. Um, they were able to see that on the monitor and had the printout and showed us and said, this is SVC, like, or, or SVT, like, we're positive. Oh, my um, God. I bet that's so, I bet she's so tired. Yeah. Like, having yeah, your heart jump, jump up that high is, is like, and then having it go down that low, that would be, my heart rate was up not that high, but when you take steroids and stuff like that, you're, and that's fucking exhausting. That right. must be horrible for her. Over 200, right. you said? 275. Yeah, 275 with her. That's like, that's so crazy. Like when I'm working out, I get up to like 180 and I'm like, I'm going to die. That's I what can't I'm even saying. imagine. 275? That's crazy. Oh, Holy cow. Cool thing yeah and it happens completely random so she'll be like walking to class like not jogging not going upstairs just walking to class and it'll hit her and it'll drop really really low and it'll go up Uh, really really high and a lot of people think that it's anxiety and a lot of doctors will diagnose it as anxiety and panic attacks and just put you on blood pressure medicine so I'm thankful for the first cardiologist that we saw. He had he didn't have a good bedside manner. He was very um, rushed seeming, um, just just not a very good like people person. But he diagnosed it in a week. Like he was like, "This is what it is. I'm 100 percent sure. I'm sending you to a specialist." So he sent us to Sacramento. The specialist went through the options. The options are. Um, to take blood pressure pills for the rest of your life and deal with it. And the blood pressure pills can tame it, but not cure it or do ablation on her heart. And ablation has become kind of a popular term because they do ablation on your uterus now to get rid of your periods. It makes you sterile. It makes you not have periods anymore. And people with um, problems like period problems, it's a great option for them. Like it's, it's like getting the IUD. You never have your periods again, but you never have to think about it again. So I feel like ablation has become kind of a popular term, but they wanted to go in and do ablation on her heart. So it was kind of scary to think about. So we took a few weeks. We did a lot of research. We, um, we looked into it and it was a 98% success rate. So we were like, we have to do this. I mean, she can't live with and her episodes are multiple times a week. It wasn't even like, oh, it happens once a month. It it got so bad that she was having it multiple times a week. So we decided to do it. We went to Stanford Children's Hospital. Um, it was specifically the Lucille Packard um, portion of the hospital. And it was incredible. And when I first walked in, they had this little office off to the side that said um, Children's Life Advocacy. And I was like, oh, my God. It, like, broke my heart because I'm thinking – I'm looking around, and it's all these kids that are obviously very sick. So when I see, like, children's life advocacy, like, specialists, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's the end-of-life care person. 
Thank goodness it wasn't. So what it is, is each person is assigned, each kid there, each patient is assigned one of these people and their job is to be their handholder. The girl we got was so incredible. She asked Kira, she walked her through the procedure. She asked her, do you have any questions? You don't, I'm going to ask questions for you. And she went through like each kind of like detail. She said, what are you most scared of? And Kira said, the IV, honestly, like i I don't do well with needles. I'm scared of getting the IV. She brought her virtual reality, like the headset, put it on her and had her like flying over like forests and over the ocean. Well, she got the IV to distract her. She was just Damn. I mean, like, a, an incredibly glorified handholder. Like this girl was so incredible. Um, and she was there before she walked Kira into surgery. She stayed there. She was there when Kira opened her eyes. She was there like to, for Kira to walk the first time afterwards. Like, Stanford was amazing. The facility was amazing. It's all done out in um, statues and exhibits of um, sea creatures, which was perfect for Kira. So like, it was almost like staying in a luxury hotel. There were leather couches. There were, um, there was a library for the parents waiting there were tvs everywhere there were screens that say when your kid and it's like all by numbers so that it's very like not breaching privacy so kira was like number 43 so it said like number 43 in the room in procedure out of procedure um in radiation and you know like all the different things so that you can track your kid without having to like you know call a number they called me every two hours from the time i walked out of her room to give me updates and they were so attentive. They were so amazing. Like the whole procedure, the staff, everything was incredible. How how um, long was her actual surgery? Her actual surgery was five hours in surgery, Holy six cow. hours in procedure. So from the what time. What did they, they have to do? Did they have to, to do an abrasion? Was it like microscopic or did they have to go? So the abrasion procedure was. Um, so what they had to do is the. SVT is an electrical pathway in her heart that's an extra. So your heart pumps and it goes down through the chambers of your heart. She had an, an extra electrical pathway that would take over and try to um, ignore the heartbeat and beat for itself. And it would get stuck in a loop. And that loop would cause extra beats really fast so what he needed to do was go in and burn that pathway so what they did is they made two holes in each side of her like inner groin and go up through the arteries of her groin and then one hole in her neck put the tube down her neck and they make a 3d map of her heart and they put her into induced tachycardia so they would make her heart beat too fast to find that little electrical pathway that was misfiring. He, they called me after two hours, they called me and they said, we've got the, the 3d map. Everything is great. Like we are there. We just have to find it. They called me two hours later. They said, we found it. We're in the middle of the ablation right now. So they burned that little electrical pathway. And then he spent 50 minutes putting her into tachycardia to make it beat fast to see if it would trigger it to put it into the loop again. And it didn't. So he spent 50 minutes trying to make it, you know, misfire and it didn't. So he came out 
And they called me in and I sat with him for like 15 minutes and he drew me pictures. He showed me the 3D like map. He showed me everything. And he said, I'm so confident that we that I fixed it. We don't even have to do the extra echocardiogram. Like I am so confident. I tested her for so long and I cannot get it to misfire. And he was like, she's good to go for the rest of her life. Like she's she will never have to deal with this again. Yeah. So she has two little holes in her groin. She's got one in her neck. So we have to watch those for bleeding. They put a collagen plug into the hole to plug it. And that little collagen plug will dissolve on its own. And so we just have to kind of watch her. She has to get up and walk around and we have to watch for um, like blood clots because her body wants to clot, of course. But, you know, since it is an artery, we have to like be careful with like clotting you know, mm -hmm. um, she's sore. Her throat hurts from having the breathing tube, of course. Um, but other than that, she's, she seems like, you know, herself, she's eating normal. She takes Tylenol, but that's it. She doesn't have to be on any kind of hardcore stuff they can do nowadays. Right? So it crazy. Incredible. Dude, like the, med school, man, the, I thought like her first part <laughs> ultrasound was cool. This 3D mapping thing when he showed me was incredible. Like showing me exactly where the misfire was and showing me her heartbeat and stuff. Like it was. It when you amazing. told me you guys were checking into Stanford, I was like, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah. Like you're not going to Podunk fucking right. Kaiser to get this taken care of. Like you're going, you're not to, going to Pittsburgh Kaiser to get right. You're going, yeah. to, you're going to Stanford, man. Probably, like yeah. those places probably still have their country as Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Can't find an electrical outage about that. Yeah. Everything you're about have it. You're going to have to unplug Stanford. George to plug in the right. fucking EKG. Yeah. <laughs> <Claire>. <laughs> Poor George. Everything about Stanford was amazing from her child life advocate to the fact that we had to go to the cafeteria to eat lunch. Um, and we got like pizza, flatbread. It was like restaurant, everything. And they charged us $6. Nothing oh, was over. She's going back there for lunch. She's like, you guys want to get up Sam? <laughs> Let's go get the flatbread. <laughs> they, as soon as we walked in, they like they validated our parking. They asked us to check in anything we were holding. Like everything was taken care of and relaxed. And how can we make this more comfortable for you? Do you want to go in the library? That's not true. Do you want to watch a movie? Right. Like they had a library. The amount of money you pay for shit. Yeah. That is how it fucking should be. It Wait was she gets incredible. The bill. Oh, yeah. I want yeah. my aspirin on a silver platter. Okay. For our non-American listeners, really we was. have to pay for healthcare here. Yeah. The land of the free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I feel like anybody that has heart flutters that are inexplainable and your doctor tells you that it's just anxiety or just panic attacks, do the Holter monitor because it's like it is a surefire way to actually pin down SVT. And it starts in kids aged about 10 to 12. But I, because I was asking the nurse all kinds of questions about how many times have you done this? How many do you do a week? How many have you seen? And what are the ages of the kids? And she said it starts at age 10, but it's usually in the teens where it becomes unbearable and they're like, something is wrong. Um, but they do get people in their 20s that, they're like, I'm tired of being told I have anxiety. My heart's beating funny. And they catch it in their 20s too. So if you think that your heart is beating wrong and you're being told it's anxiety, like fight to find out if it really is. 
Oh, damn. Yeah. Aaron, you want to follow that up? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm obsessed with something far less serious. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your show, so, Aaron. <laughs> no, no show. No show. Although I do love Silo. Silo's still amazing. It's fucking awesome. Um, so I went to go see Jagged Little Pill two weeks ago now. We saw that. Um, super good. It was so super fucking good. good. So fucking so good. good, right? So I fell in love <laughs> with the actress who plays MJ. I think Gail may be home. I don't know. But needless to say, is she home? I don't know. Um, her name's Hi- ass, man. Like- <laughs> Heidi Blickenstaff is the name of the actress. I have gone off the deep end. I have like literally studied everything about this chick. Like she's married to a man, whatever. Um, but like she, her voice is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think it was the same woman you saw to, that played MJ, Jackie. Of course, of course, this is who you're obsessed with. <laughs> Literally, that fifty-one year, fifty-one years old, <laughs> the ripe age of fifty-one, yeah. blonde, <laughs> milk. Aaron, you are so funny. Like Dempsey goes. You are so predictable. <laughs> oh my God. This is so on brand for you. <laughs> Get out of here. I know. It is unbearable. I'm disgusted. Okay, is with MJ myself. the she, best she friend of like, the girl? She kind of looks like Stifler's no. mom back in the day. It's the mom. MJ's the mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because I, yeah. I really liked her best friend in the oh, way. Jade? Her name's Jade McLeod. So Aaron. She, yes, yeah, I liked yeah. her a lot. Yeah, yeah. she was really the, cool. the actress. I mean, it's the most Aaron yeah. thing. I know. I she's oh god. I even stooped so low as to watch the musical adaptation of the play or the musical of Freaky Friday on Disney Plus. The shit you admit <laughs> on here is just—it's really my confessional. Forgive me, Father. Dear diary. <laughs> yeah. Like I literally I Do you forget that like eight thousand people listen to us? I feel like I'm endearing. I don't know. <laughs> you are. I feel like I'm I just, lovely. I literally I just I feel like if anybody has the option to go see Jagged Little Pill, go do it. It's just a phenomenal modern really day good. musical. Yeah. You know, Alanis's music is just so my fucking high school years. Like, I just, I fell in love with that album. And seeing it come to life on stage was just really moving. And then <laughs> Heidi Blickenstaff made it better. I'm just saying, I felt. It was know. a really good musical. Stacy, so Jeremy, good. Lex, and I saw it. Lex is obsessed with Alanis Morissette, like, the way we are with Taylor. Like it's, yeah. she's obsessed. She cried. She was like so yeah. into it. I was, and I was crying like, too, I love that. And she doesn't really like musicals, so seeing her so into one was, yeah, she's yeah. It was just yeah. really awesome too. And like the crowd at the Strauss Center in Tampa, it's always just like a cool crowd. Like I don't know if it's just like a bunch of theater geeks that happen to live in Florida, but it's like people were like standing up and hooting and hollering and like so into the actual production of it too. It was just really, really awesome. I'm. We're gonna be here it. January twenty fourth. You should go see it. Yeah, you yeah, should. Yeah, you 100% should. One hundred percent. It's really go see good. It. And if it's Heidi, absolutely. <laughs> Don't even think about it. I know. I'm like, trying to see how I check to, to like, see who's like. Go to like YouTube and look up Uninvited with Heidi Blickenstaff singing and um Catherine. 
Oh, uh, of the of the forty five views, Aaron is forty of them. There's a lot more than that, but I'm, I'm a lot more than forty yeah. of them too. So, Julian, what are you no. obsessed with this week? Um, I think my so there's this documentary that I thought was so interesting. I've watched it twice. It's only three episodes. It's a limited series. It's called MH570 or 370. It's about uh, the plane that disappeared, the Malaysian plane that disappeared. And it's so interesting. Like, just the conspiracy theories and then, like, the facts and then, like, who actually started finding the pieces of the plane and, like, how he was connected with Russia. It's just a really, really interesting uh little docuseries that I didn't think I was going to think was that interesting I'm and sorry. it was I missed your beginning part because I was not paying attention M- MH570 it's about a it's is this about the Malaysian plane back in 2014 yeah the Malaysian right, yes. and then okay. like six months later another Malaysian plane was shot down by Russia yeah I remember this, this plane here's what's weird about this flight though that phone call so they talk about like the plane being shot down But, like, a few hours after, if the plane were had been shot down, one of the guys whose uh, wife and two sons died on the plane got a call from them. And he didn't fucking answer it. He missed it. Because he was like, do I answer? Do I answer? And everybody's like, yes, you fucking, like, what a dumbass. He doesn't answer the call. And everybody's like, you're an idiot that you didn't answer that call. And um, then when they tried calling it back and pinpointing it, like they, and the Malaysian government. It's like like making me scared. (laughs) The the Malaysian government just kept saying, oh, they didn't have the technology. They didn't have the technology. And the people of Malaysia were like fucking pissed. Like, like, what do you mean? You don't have like people's sons and daughters and moms and, you know, died on this fucking plane. You're just telling me. Oh, well. yeah, we can't find it. Oh, well, like we just we just don't know what happened. And th- this guy, start, well, I don't want to go into because it it's a lot of stuff. But basically, this guy starts claiming that he's finding the pieces, this, these pieces of this plane. Um, and this journalist is like, that's awesome. If he is just the only person in the whole world that for some reason can find these pieces of the, of the plane. But I want to know that it's not bullshit. So then he goes in and starts seeing if this guy that supposedly finds these pieces of the plane has connections with Russia, and he does heavy, heavy connections with Russia. And this guy who's finding these pieces is like getting the survivors, um, you know, the the survivors involved, and like uh, having them come out and look for stuff. It's just the, the whole thing is is really, really good. I've watched it twice. I actually want to watch it. I, I that stuff creeps me out so much. Like, it's real, I, well, I've I got something love... else for Space Corner for you too. That's going to freak you out even more. Oh, great! Google what they found today. Today, an asteroid heading towards Earth. Oh, good. It's always Lord. asteroids heading towards Earth. But is it like? But this one got an asteroid, or is it like deep impact it is, asteroid? It's a big asteroid. Um. It's a bit. It's 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 a big asteroid heading towards Earth. Asteroid heading. Oh God. Yeah. 
an aircraft size asteroid. Hi, Gail. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Why God. do you do this to Aaron? Just let her, <laughs> let her perish with I'm, the rest of us. Thank God I I'm not drinking. I get excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell Aaron there's an asteroid headed towards Earth. Oh, thanks. If it's going to burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah, it always does. Up. Yeah. You don't know that. It um, might not. So what am I obsessed with? Uh, I'm glad May is over. May is the very most busy time of month for my profession. It's a shit show. So I'm glad that May is over. And it usually lasts through like, usually through June, but we're, we're tapering down now. And it's just because everyone's signing up for classes and, you know, camps and like all this stuff. So um, I did want to say I watched Shiloh, uh, Silo, sorry per Aaron's recommendation. It's very, very good. I'm not completely caught up uh, because Disney, four-year-old, you know, whatever. I need um, a show to watch tonight. What's it called? Silo? Silo. Yeah. And it's on Apple TV. Okay. It's so very much. X. What's that? Or Saint X. Saint X was fabulous. It's eight episodes. Oh, They're all yeah. in. Um, Silo is really good. If you like post-apocalyptic um, stuff, which I'm not necessarily a huge fan of. They have to be done right for me to like. Uh, this one is. So um, I'm excited to see the next one. And believe Don't it or not. Love Rebecca Ferguson. Isn't she just so good? She's an older blonde lady, which is very much your jam. Love her. Yeah. She's... You guys got to watch the new, the new Ultimatum. It's one of my bad shows. I cannot it's, watch reality tv it's a I'll new love it. one you would get into this it's so is it the good. lesbian one they finally did a gay one yes it's all girls suck it up what else do you have to do Aaron? Uh, on like netflix it's TV. the old i'm telling you oh bullshit turn it turn it on for one episode and and you're gonna be hooked you know what i will try Aaron, it's like everything that you love. It's like a bunch of lesbians like falling in love and falling out of love and like falling in new love. And then they have to pick if they are going to go back with their person. Sounds like a good. Uh, sounds like a good book idea for you. <laughs> Aaron, you would you would love it. But watch so, the no, watch the new one. It's it's this one's all lesbians. The last thing I'm obsessed with before we get off here is um, you guys aren't going to believe this. But they do like promotional ceremonies for fucking preschool now. And Lincoln <laughs> is getting promoted out of preschool next Wednesday. You thought so, we wouldn't believe this? That's amazing. <laughs> well, I don't remember getting promoted out of fucking preschool. Like, never. get out of here. Yeah, Pre congratulations. congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. You showed up at a place your parents dragged you to every day for three years. Like that. Anyway. <laughs> He's uh all it really means to me is he's gonna be starting kindergarten in like a few weeks. And that's crazy. He picked out his birthday shirt today. He's gonna be five in like three weeks. When's his birthday again? Uh June twenty fourth. Okay. And we get to go watch him sing in Christmas pageants and talent shows and all the school stuff that's super fun and exciting, and I can't wait. Wait, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I'll be there cheering. It'll be amazing. Uh that's it for us this week, guys. We will talk about uh glitch with a little oh. bit more in depth next week. What can I Aaron? say one more thing? 
My book, The Tapestry of a Heart, is out. Yeah. Go get it. Everybody, go get it. Don't, I mean, just break the website by how quickly you go there and buy it. What's it It, called? Thank you. Tapestry tapestry. of the Heart. Aaron wrote very much chiclet this time instead of just standard romance. It's very good. It's very funny. It's very endearing. It's everything wonderful about Aaron. It's very funny. The perfect summer beach mm-hmm. read. That's what I'm talking we are about. Getting, yeah. We are it's, getting into the hot months and you can take it on vacation with you. And 100%. It. It's not like so heavy on the romance. It's it's really like a chick flick. Like it's, it's very good. It's hilarious. I laugh several times out loud reading it. It's very <laughs> funny. I'm so happy. And the, the secondary characters are fantastic. Uncle I Mark is a gem. This hot I love Uncle Mark. Uncle I Mark's love a the gem. title. Thank oh you. my God, the cover? Phenomenal. And crushed you. it. And crushed, crushed it. it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Feels have good. a good weekend. Stay cool. If you're uh, in or around where we live, it's going to be in the 90s for the first time this year. So get in a pool. <laughs> yep. God. Well, then it goes back down to the 70s next week. So, like, just muscle through the weekend. Get in a pool with a drink and call it a day. You heard it from Julie first. Not a bad idea. Uh Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Fierce Fan Media.